The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast and an opportunity to be in the Word of God today as we finish out the week together. Welcome to this Friday edition of our podcast. And in just a moment, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 78. We invite you to join us and follow along there. I would invite you to join us Sunday morning, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. We Actually, there is no evening service Sunday. I almost forgot about that. So Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, we, enjoin you to, uh, we invite you to join us, whether here on property or uh, online. If you're on property, we will have a children's church for the children. Nursery is available. And so we'd invite you to join us as we have a great time together worshiping our Savior. Starting at 10, over around 11.15, 11.20, we invite you to join us Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And we'd love to have you here. If you can't make it on property for whatever reason, join us online, our website, bensalembaptist.org, or YouTube channel, Facebook page. We'd just love to have you join us and worship with us that way. Psalm chapter 78 this morning, as we look at a very unique passage, I, I say that often, unique passage, but I'm reminded constantly when I study, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, as we look at, remember, there's obviously one very specific um, interpretation of Scripture, much of the Old Testament's to Israel. I do not believe that the church today is a following or is now the modern Israel. I believe Israel is separate and will get the promises still in the future. Church is a separate entity, but we do see some great application and honestly some same things told to us today and some great challenges to us. And I would say to us, this one specifically to us as my generation and older, as we look ahead to our responsibility to what God's have us do and to the next generation. As a Pastor Penichetti, just a couple weeks ago when he was filling in for me, um, two weeks ago in our first week we were out on COVID quarantine, um, he talked about the idea that the greatest thing we can get is realize that the children around us are our audience. They will watch us. They will replicate what we do. They will do what we do. And so when we careful what we see, how we respond, because we are teaching the people around us what to do. And I thought that was such a powerful truth and such a, a needful thing to be taught because sometimes we're just convinced that nobody really sees or we don't have the influence that we'd love to have or we think we have. And oh, may we realize that we, in, in the lives of the next generation, have some of the greatest influence that we can have. So let's look a little bit at what uh, what is said here in Psalm chapter 78, referencing this idea, beginning in verse one. The Bible says, "'Give ear, O my people, to my law, "'incline your ears to the words of my mouth. "'I will open my mouth in a dark parable. "'I will utter dark sayings of old, "'which we have heard and known, "'and our fathers have told us. "'We will not hide them from their children, "'showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord "'and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done.'" So let's go to the first couple of verses and just reference the first responsibility to all of us. Yes, he's talking to those of us of a generation who have people under us, but to all of us, we would look at the idea of giving ear to the law of God. Now in the Old Testament, he's talking specifically to the law. We know that the New Testament eliminates that and we now live in the age of grace and we look at the word of God. And, but the principle's true. Go to 
to the Word of God for direction, go to the Word of God for instruction, go to the Word of God as a guidance for what we're supposed to do, as a reminder of who God is, as a reminder for those around us of who God is. And that's that's why we go to the Word of God and encouragement in that area. So he, he encourages us in this generation not to put off the need to be in the Word of God, to be in prayer, to be in church, to be in studying, to make God's Word and God's prayer important. Can I encourage you that it's not about, I've said this many, many times, and I believe this, but I hope you understand the heart behind this. It's not about, I do my devotions, and if I don't do my devotions, I'm just living in horrible sin. I, it's, I, I think guilting people into doing devotions gets them to read one of the smallest chapters of Psalms to memorize verses like Jesus wept and be able to move on. I think that if we're skirting just to get certain things, traditions done, we miss the point. Now, I will save this. Why do we go to the Word of God? Why are devotions important? Why is prayer important? I tell you, it's not about just checking off a box that I've done a religious act. It's because of how greatly we need the Word of God. It's because of how greatly we need to hear from God. Let me tell you, in a day and age where there's such chaos, uh, we, we listen to the news and we listen to podcasts and we listen to you know, analysts on, on, on radio and stuff like that. And really what we need to be listening to is the Lord. He's not, he's, not, he's not surprised by this. He's aware of what's going on. And we need to be focusing our attention on him. How do we, as his church, respond in this day? So the first thing he says is, we need to give our ear. By the way, in a second, he talks about our responsibility to the next generation. We cannot fulfill what he's, we're about to talk about, our responsibility to the next generation if we don't first take our responsibility seriously. Can I encourage you, before we read the next couple of verses, you know, I grew up, um, grew up with its understanding. I was trained as a parent with understanding. I've told my children this, why the direction we go, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. And I can tell you, I've heard people speak on that passage from every different perspective. I've heard people say, if you do it right, your kid will never go from God. I've heard people say, all that promises is before they get gray-headed, they'll come back to God. Can, can I encourage you that I, I, one, there is a promise there. It says when he is old, he will not depart. The word depart means to be able to escape. It simply means that when my child hits an age of where he makes his own decisions, whether he stays with God, whether he stays in church, whether he or she follows what we've taught them is his decision. If he chooses, he or she chooses, if our children choose to move away from what we've taught them, what it says is the teaching, they will not be able to escape the teaching of the Word of God. Train up a child in the way it should go, and when they are older, when they're on their own, they will not to be able to escape the teaching. So if they make a decision to go the wrong way, the teaching of the Word of God will always follow them, will guide them, probably protect them, it's constantly drawing them back to God. And so it's a promise us. So we do this not because we're trying to brainwash our kids. We're trying to convince them of the truth of Jesus. Can I tell you, there's so many things about life that we teach our children that we need to teach our children, but so many people say, that's okay. We'll let them choose religion. I just don't think that is a wise move. There's nothing more important. It's not even about religion. There's nothing more important than heaven, eternity, Jesus. And we need it. We can't convince them. We can't force them. But we can get them in surroundings where they'll hear it. So I don't know if they can choose what they believe. What if they choose wrong? Eternity, heaven and hell, they're just too serious. 
Again, I'm not saying force my kid to say a prayer. That's the worst thing you can do. What I'm saying is get them around the Word of God. They don't want to go there. They don't want to go to bed either. They don't want to eat broccoli. They, they'd rather have ice cream instead of dinner. But we don't allow those things because they're not healthy. They don't want to go to school, but we force that. Why is it that we'll follow the things the world wants us to do, but when God tells us to do it, let's let them choose? No. So let's talk about what he tells us to do, starting in verse number 3. He said, verse 4, he says, We will not hide them, these truths, from their children, showing to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he has established a testimony in Jacob and at the point of the law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers they, uh, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them even the children which would be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. That they can grow up with a full understanding of the greatness of God, the strength of God, the love of God, the grace of God, how much God loves them. And then they'll teach it to their children and all can grow up in the hope of God, not in the emptiness that this world offers, but the hope of God. You say, but preacher, I've tried this. Can I encourage you? There is nowhere in scripture where God says, if you do everything right, your children will always turn out to be perfect and never make mistakes. There's nowhere. I've known great families, godly parents who have children who for whatever reason have chosen to step away. Because you know, here's the one thing I've learned in parenting. I have a great influence on my child, but I'm not the only one. You know, even as the pastor, I have placed over my children youth pastors. Uh, Sunday school teachers, children's church workers. We had with our with our school, we had teachers over them. And I cannot control what these people say. And many times, they will see amongst other people reasons to walk away. Many of the next generation say that, Pastor, I can't do this. Just it's a hypocrisy. Can I say a couple things to that generation? I'm not denying that there's hypocrisy in the church. It's kind of. You know, we all talk about the fact that we want a church that is like a hospital. It loves everyone. We want to. We don't want to be judgmental in a church. But then we come in and we judge the motives of other people. I don't know the hearts of other people. I think most people are just trying to not look bad. But you know, even if you do find someone that somehow you find out is 100% hypocritical, that shouldn't compel us to become like them. And just saying, I'm staying away from church completely, that's not the answer either. You know what I would say? I Don't make your decisions about Jesus, about God, based upon other people. Make it about God. Make it up Jesus. Search out Jesus yourself. Find out what the Bible says about it, not about the one person in church you can find. Because I can tell you, every church has its hypocrites. Every church has its godly people. And yet we love to focus our attention on the hypocrites, and we dare to deny to look at those who are just trying their best to love God and walk in God. And let me encourage you, don't, even, don't let other people establish who you're going to be. Allow yourself to seek the Word of God and say, who is Jesus? I'm telling you, I encourage skepticism. Be skeptical. Ask the questions. Find out what's going on. Why? Because when you are truly seeking God, they that seek Him will find Him if they seek Him with all their heart. You will find the truth. You will find Jesus, not religion, not fake. You will find Jesus. I encourage you to do that. For the generation, my generation and above, some of you said, man, I'm really struggling. I, I just feel like I failed or whatever. Can I tell you... It, Every parent at some point feels like they failed. There's this utopian idea, if we do everything right, our kids will be here. We always, even if our kids turn out wonderful, we feel like there's days we failed. Because this is part of the human nature, we do that. But can I encourage you, don't, don't be consumed by that. Sometimes a willingness to accept that I wasn't perfect in acknowledging is one of the best things our kids can see. 
Please remember that when it's all said and done, Jesus is still seeking. He's still going after our next generation. He still loves the next generation. He's still working on them. Don't get discouraged. Don't quit. Don't walk away. Just keep praying for them, loving them, and keep praying to God to take care of that. And all we do is just keep loving our God and trusting our God and treating others as God would want us, as, as Jesus treated people, and loving them with grace. And may that be what we want. May we take what we know about God and not force it on, our, on, and on others around us, but help them to see it through our actions, through our love and our transparency, that we have good days and bad days and we're no better than anyone else. We just truly love Jesus for his grace given to us. I encourage you, parent, don't get discouraged. Don't think that there's a perfect answer. Just say, I'm going to try my best. When I don't, accept God's forgiveness and keep moving on. That's all we can do. And God works in ways we can never imagine. How many times the children of Israel in the Old Testament turn their back on God Almighty? I mean, so, you know, good, good night. As one man said, Satan had a church split in heaven. A big blow, what, a third of the angels fled from heaven. Now they're demons. So this kind of conflict thing has been part of history before humans. So, you know, so this is just part of when God gives any level of free will. What we do is we trust in God. We love him and just do our part and know that God is still working. Even when we might not even see it, God is still working and uh, he will fulfill his promises. Thank you for joining us on this time today and this Friday. I just appreciate the opportunity again to be part of your day. I hope this is an encouragement. I hope it just challenges us to just keep our eyes on Jesus, keep going forward. Again, we invite you to join us Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I will be there. I will be there uh, finally out of quarantine, so I'll be there Sunday morning. We look forward to a great time in the Word of God, a great time in worship. Hope you join us, and we just look forward to a wonderful time together. If you can't be here in person, we'd love to join, have you join us online. Uh, BenSalemBaptist.org, our YouTube channel, Facebook page. Love to have you. Thanks for joining us today. We we'll look forward to seeing you next time.